things like that, you know. Yeah, well, um, you good? Uh, we'll probably start. Um, why not, Jake? How do you want to do it? I guess. Um. Well, let's let's uh, do the intro, and then uh, we'll we'll throw it to Reese to start. Oh, did I jump the gun? <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Jake, Jake's not very good at being like. like hey, I can't wait to. I just you know I I love talking about myself. Yeah, so, no, you know. Uh-huh. about bourbon and the ones who drink it this is bourbon matters welcome to bourbon matters i'm jake i'm dan and i'm jake also and uh we have a special guest with us tonight uh reese from fox and odin welcome thank you thanks for having me um, so I, obviously tonight we're drinking different, uh, Fox and Odin expressions. Um, so, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Fox and Odin and how you got involved with, uh, them and, uh, Coppercraft. Okay. Um, I'll make the beginning of it as concise as possible. Right. I, so I, I come from an on-premise background, spent a couple decades in the bar and restaurant industry, tenant bar, running cocktail programs, beverage directing, that type of thing. Got a little long in the tooth and I decided I need to, you know, hook up with a distributor, probably start selling booze to the bars instead of from the bars. You know what I mean? It's getting a little, getting a little old to keep tenant bar till three in the morning, you know? So I, I started doing that working for uh heritage wine sellers here in uh, the Chicago area. Um, we, we we picked up a, a brand called Coppercraft, right? And uh, along with it, uh, Joseph Magnus and uh, a bunch of other brands, but uh, specifically talking about whiskey for our purposes, um, really just thought it was an outstanding product. You know, I, I thought uh, just very well made and very well put together from the packaging to the liquid in the bottle. Um, Joseph Magnus, obviously just some really outstanding whiskeys. Um, and after a period of a few years working on the distribution side, I had an opportunity to go and work for a supplier, which, uh, a supplier of Blue Ridge Spirits, which, uh, represents the Craft Go lineup and many other brands as well. What are some um, of the other but uh, I really, brands that you represent with Fox and Odin? Oh, there's Coppercraft. There's there's uh, mm-hmm. Joseph Magnus. Craftco uh, also has a, a a liqueur cordial line uh, called Thatchers, which are an all organic um, cordial liqueurs, different flavors: blood orange, elderflower. Everybody does an elderflower, um, prickly pear, cucumber. There's a there's a number of other ones on the way, hopefully as well. Um, but just really outstanding products. I thought they're good products. I thought. Uh, the the gentleman who is now my direct boss, a gentleman by the name of Brian Kirk, I really enjoyed working with him when he was a supplier and I was a distributor. We got along very well. And good guy. He gave Just me an opportunity. The, uh, he game with him a couple weeks ago. Yeah, did mm-hmm. you? Yeah. Yeah, we went to the Cub game last night. So did you? it was oh, cold, man. It was cold. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah they won. <laughs> not a time to go to they baseball won. games, but I guess there's not really a wrong time. It was a bore. I mean, I mean, the Cubs won six nothing, right? So you know, hooray for the Cubs. 
But uh, I went yeah. to you know San Diego. They were playing the Padres. San Diego's got some of the best players yeah, in the do. world, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and they, they did nothing. They did nothing. <laughs> Very quiet bats all night long. You know, they did At least nothing. They the pitch clock now too, so the games go by a little quicker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm still I'm still undecided on how I feel about yeah. the whole thing. The problem <laughs> is all the liquor sales they're missing out on. I saw like right off the bat, like a week or two into the season, Miller Park's like, oh, we're losing too much money. We're extending the last call. Yeah, thank God for Wisconsin. (laughs) Some of the other, some of the rules are tricky. Like the pitcher can only throw to first base twice. You know, I feel like, huh? You know, like uh, like if he throws over there twice, you know, he's got to go home at that point, right? So, take a big lead. Like (laughs) baseball purists that I know are kind of upset about the rule, but I'm not really a huge baseball fan. I'm just a sports in general fan. And to me, like having the game go by quicker just makes it much more interesting to watch and go to a game. Sure. Sure. I get that. I understand that. You know, I just think from a baseball purist standpoint, they really take a lot of the pace of play out of the hands of the pitcher. You know what I mean? Like if I was a a purist, I would be pissed. That's a that's that's really putting a little bit of the in my opinion the advantage in the hand, in the in the in the hitter's hands at that it point is, yeah. the, you know yeah anyway we'll get back to whiskey back to um <laughs> yeah so I had this opportunity with uh with uh, Blue Ridge um and I took it you know I said you know I want to learn the supplier side of the business anyway and I really like this part of our portfolio and there's other parts of our Blue Ridge portfolio that I've come to really enjoy as well. But my first and foremost, the reason I wanted to come and join Blue Ridge was because I wanted to have a, a more kind of a, a closer relationship with Craftco and, and the whiskeys that they were putting out. So that was why I'm, that's why I'm here, you know? Awesome. We want to talk about Fox Snowden a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sure. Can you tell us how like uh, Fox Snowden, Magnus and Coppercraft are kind of interrelated? Um because I don't think a lot of people okay. know that those are basically the same. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, uh, well, the same team, same right? Company, yeah, yeah, the same team. Not entirely the same source. Obviously, with Fox and Odin using some different sourcing for a couple of the SKUs, um, but the same team is is uh, you know responsible for the liquid in the in the bottle. Um, this is not a lot of people think because of. Nancy Fraley's connection with Joseph Magnus and the finishing and the blending and, and stuff that she's responsible there with that. But this is not her as far as Fox Noden. You know, she is, she is not the one who is, who is doing the blending for this brand. This is a gentleman by the name of Will Fabry that does, uh, you know, he's taken, you know, kind of what he's learned and, and, and taken off and run with it with this brand. And I, I feel like, I feel like he's done a really great job and that we have a real winner with this brand, you know? Yeah. Um, so Reese, I, uh, I think, go ahead. So I was just going to say for, I got to plug gold Eagle real quick. Um, cause we have some gold Eagle listeners here. So, uh, Reese was, he did present at the Fox noted masterclass a couple weeks ago. So if it kind of sounds familiar, this is the same guy who is at the event. Um, but I remember at the event, uh, you talked about will a lot and you kind of edified him a lot. Like, where did he come from? Um, I know you mentioned like Nancy kind of took him under his wing and he kind of branched off and leading the Fox and Odin charge. You kind of said it was like his baby, his brand. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, this is, this is, I mean, he is the master distiller and blender for Coppercraft, right? Cause 
Coppercraft is a blend of two distilleries. We are distillers, right? So we are blending our own uh, whiskey with sourced whiskey from MGP or Ross and Squibb now. Um, but yes, Fox and Odin is his thing. You know, he is the one picking these barrels. He is doing the blending, you know, and uh, his background is a culinary background. Actually, I think that's kind of why yeah, I think Nancy that. Fraley kind of took a, took a, a an interest in, in uh, kind of mentoring him a little bit, I think, because, uh, because of his palate, you know, his, and, and his experience with different flavors and stuff. So um, I think he's doing a great job. And I, and I, and I, and I hope to get him in our market a little bit, you know, cause you know, I, it's like basically right around the corner, right? Like, it's just, it's like a three hour drive, you know, kind of. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm trying to get him over in the Chicago land market a little bit, you know, say, Hey, there's some, there's some really uh, great accounts over here that would really like to meet not just me who is on the street selling it, but the guy who's actually, you know, touching it every day, you know? So yeah, well, we're, we're working do, on that. We're working do on a that. great job for him, but it would be very cool to have the actual blender. Yeah, of in course. The for an event. Of course. But, so, yeah, so definitely. he was with Coppercraft before. He, yeah, he is there. Yeah. Yeah. So he spent, he told, I spoke with him last year and, he told me that most of his time is spent trying to find barrels. I think gotcha. I'll, like we should all just we should all just really just invest our money in white oak farms. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, yeah. so he was he was distilling at Coppercraft before the whole merger. Like yes. How how, yeah. how exactly did that merger happen? It happened during COVID. You know, Madness during well, I mean. DC, right? And then Coppercraft's up Correct. In Coppercraft and- had the Craft Co, I should say, the parent company, bought uh Joseph Magnus. And during COVID, they moved that operation from DC so and to uh to Michigan, to Holland. So everything now is all under one roof as far as you know the yeah. bottling line and all that stuff and, and the the Rick House there in Holland, Michigan. Um so yeah, it's 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 a really cool little thing that's happening, you know. It's a, it's a growing company. Um again, distilling and sourcing, right? Um you know, in Michigan there's a lot of things that Coppercraft makes. You know, they do a rum, they do gin, they do vodka, you know, for their tasting room and all that stuff, you know, but really the focus and and the passion of the brand is is the our whiskeys. So Yeah. So and uh in terms of So far so good, you know, the Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no so go far, ahead. So great. Go ahead and finish. <laughs> no, uh, I don't even remember what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my question was, uh, you know, Coppercraft is distilling. Um, and I think you touched on this at the event uh, last week, but uh, it seems like Coppercraft will be eventually using their own distillate at some point, correct? I don't have a good answer for you on that. I, I really, one would think that eventually it's going to be all Coppercraft's, you know, distillate. Um, but I have not heard anything either way. Okay. You know, I don't Magnus. work directly for the dist. I don't work yeah. directly for the distillery. You know what I mean? I work for a supplier that represents this distillery, and uh, they don't give me all the information I would love to have all the time. You know? Yeah. But uh, they let things slip every once in a while. So Fox, Noda, and Magnus aren't really distilling then. It's really Coppercraft behind. Correct. Okay. Correct. Fox yeah. and Odin is a sourced brand. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's sourced MGP as far as the bourbons go. 
and uh, the rye and the single malt are sourced out of uh, Middle West. And Which, most the way, of the the bourbons are older sourced whiskey, right? Those usually have a pretty decent age statement on them. They're all a blend of eight to fifteen year old bourbons, okay. high rye, mostly mostly the MGP thirty six percent rye mash bill. Which I think uh, is a good idea. I think I think that was a wise decision to do that. I think, you know, eventually most brands put out a high rye bourbon at some point. Mm-hmm. And I think we're just kind of starting where starting I think the brand's starting where it should, you know. Mm-hmm. I personally so, enjoy a high rye bourbon. I like the little added complexity that it brings. So So Reese, maybe you know this answer, maybe you don't, but uh I know it is a blend of eight to 15, but I feel like it's not advertised or talked about enough from the brand. Like, why don't they have an eight year age statement on the bottle? Um, especially now we have so many new craft brands, young whiskeys popping up. And I mean, these have some serious age and flavor and not many people uh, realize, I think that these are eight to 15 year old blends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that, you know, I think people I am one, I like an age statement, you know what I mean? Perhaps at some point in the future, they'll they'll look into that. I don't have a good answer for you there. You know, I mm-hmm. think it would behoove the brand to let people know that there is some really, you know, w- well aged whiskey in these bottles, even for, especially as, even for the Coppercraft brands, you know, because yeah. You know, like for instance, the rye from Coppercraft, the, you know, our sourced barrels are almost eight years old now, you know, it'd be nice to people to sh- be nice for people to know that when they're looking at that bottle, but right. you know, I'll write an email point. to the bosses yeah. and see if they you can should. make something happen for us. I mean, the well, price I, I just think you get, for... I think you get a lot of people that are just looking at up and down the liquor store aisles just for age statements sometimes not realizing yeah. that. Sometimes it makes a big difference. Sometimes it doesn't. But when you get those people that are just looking for eight to 10 or older. Yes. That, yes. That there is a consumer out there that specifically targets age statements for sure. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't like that consumer just for the record. But <laughs> <laughs> most, Unless mostly, they buy. If well, they buy something, then you love that consumer. Most, mostly just because, especially in the last couple of years, I've really been uh my eyes have been open to a lot of young whiskeys that i think taste better than a lot of older whiskeys and i think it it depends much more on taste than just the age statement mm-hmm. um i don't care how old it is like is it good or is it not good yeah mm-hmm. i think like that a, i think you're i think you're dead on i think uh i think um but it does help you know i mean we can talk about aging whiskey you know like Corn is a bully, right? Corn kind of dominates up until about four years. And after four years, some of the characteristics of those secondary grains kind of kind of come through in the distillate a little bit. But I think corn kind of just dominates everything until it's about four years old, you know? So, I, you know, a young rye t- tends to show better, right, than a young bourbon. Mm-hmm. But... uh I can certainly, there's certainly a lot of 16 or I'm sorry, six year old bourbons out there that in my opinion show a lot better than some 17 and 18 year old bourbons that I could name that I won't, you know? Yeah. So what do you think the future of, I mean, it sounds like Coppercraft me doing some distilling. How does Fox and Odin keep growing and evolving as a brand? Uh, that's a good question. Um, a lot of that information I am not privy to, you know, it's just a fact, you know, yep. 
I, I, I am, I am the salesman. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I'm not in those meetings about the future growth and uh, releases or finishes and stuff like that. So I can, kinda, I wish I, I had can, more, I wish I had more of that information to share with you guys. You know, I can, I can kind of add um, on to that I don't. question with something that I was going to kind of ask. Cause you mentioned at the masterclass that you think MGP is kind of drying up with their stock, which I think we can all agree on is pretty evident and Fox and Odin's big thing was they're looking for other places where they can source really, really good whiskey from. Um, so I think Fox and Odin evolving as a brand will probably get better by their partnerships that they already have. Um, their stock of whiskey is getting older and better and also finding new places that have available whiskey to source out. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that... There's, I think that the Middle West Distillery out of Columbus, Ohio, has really gotten some good publicity. I think I think they're doing a good job, and I think, uh, and I haven't been there. I would really like to go and actually visit that distillery and see that operation, because uh, if they're making their own product, right? They're putting their own label out there, but if they're also selling and contracting with other labels they must be putting out a good amount of liquid right i mean they must be making a lot of whiskey so i i again this is information that i don't know anything they have not communicated this to me yet but i think hopefully they feel like they've gotten out out in front of this and and found a source that they're going to be able to work with that they know is putting out quality whiskey um because i i'm like I'm drinking the rye right now, right? That they're sourcing from Middle West, and I happen to think it's fantastic, you know. So yeah, happy so about their choice to source from Middle West. I I am too. I just want to piggyback on that and say uh, we had uh, I had one of my distributor reps say they want to bring a supplier by some distillery in Ohio. Um, I was dreading it. Uh, he just said he really needed a favor and he thinks that I actually would be, you know, really interested in what they have. Um, so I kind of just met with them just as a favor to him. And I was seriously impressed by everything that I tried. Um, and everything was pretty young, like four to six year, their own distilled, but it does not taste like craft whiskey. It tastes like a big brand, uh, made this product. So I wouldn't be surprised if they have like a serious, distilling operation going down there in Ohio. One of these days, hopefully before too long, I want to go and see it. Let's do it. I want to go and see it. Well, I mean, yeah, let's Ohio. do it. Let's make a road trip. Let's do it. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's not that far, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's Ohio. Any reason they got to can sponsor it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. It's Nancy, a good idea. I can Nancy, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> set us up. <laughs> well, we're going to get, so we're going to get Jake to pick a barrel of uh of if, Coppercraft and maybe I can talk to the brand about putting together a, a, a trip, you know, for uh for some barrel buyers to go and check right. out some of their some of their partners their sort where they're sourcing from. Who knows? Very good. But you I know you, you gotta ask. The worst I can hear is no, right? You, <laughs> got, you know you gotta at hey, least man. ask, right? I, I would love to pick a barrel, yeah. Um bring me Well, I'm gonna see you this like. Thursday, I believe. All right. But I think that's a that's a and we were cool at the we were at the master class the rye whiskey which I know most of us are drinking tonight. Um, it's a ninety five five, but it's ninety five pumpernickel rye. Am I not mistaken? 
Right. So pumpernickel rye. So how I understand this is that it's basically the rye seed with the skin not removed, right? Um, okay. Which, like, my instinct tells me, oh, it's probably got this much bolder kind of thing going on with the spice and everything. But in my opinion, it actually kind of mellows out the spice and kind of, like... When I drink this next to, say, Coppercraft's rye whiskey, the rye whiskey from Coppercraft gives me more of those, like, bright, spicy, you know, almost like the, that, like, subtle spearmint you get with the rye, you know? Yeah. Whereas the Fox and Odin rye, I kind of get, like, a like a mellower, like, deeper, I, I taste, I taste like burnt sugar, you know? Like, it just, it's a, it's a little bit different, and I really enjoy it, you know? It's almost like uh, sipping on a... Like, it reminds me more of sipping on a high rye bourbon than a rye whiskey, you know? Yeah, the just kinda, And it tastes mellow. really refined to me, you know? Like, it th- doesn't have any sharp corners to it, you know? It tastes really mellow mm-hmm. and a right. really easy, easy pour, you know? Yeah, it's got, it's like, some earthiness and, like, grassiness to it, too. Yeah, it, it's, it has a lot of similar notes to the MGP 95.5 rye. Um, which is like one of my favorite things to drink. Um, but this one is like, uh, there's a little bit more um, of the like bourbony kind of notes, kind of like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Where, it's a, uh, it's you a little more inviting. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit more of that, like vanilla and like the caramel and like that kind of stuff going yeah. on in it. So yeah, it, it, it's a pretty remarkable rye, um, especially for being, uh, under a hundred proof, um, which I do want to ask about, uh, cause you, you talked about the proofing process that they use. Uh, so could you tell us a little bit about that? Um, so yeah, it's all, uh, you know, brandy blending, you know, like, uh, you know, Nancy Fraley learning those techniques over in, in France, uh, with the cognac producers. So, you know, everything that's put out, all the whiskey that's put out by craft go is all bland, brandy blending techniques as far as you know, slowly adding water over the course of the last few months, proofing down in the barrel. You know, it takes care, it takes time, but in my opinion, you end up with a better product. Yeah, I, I think it's really evident in, like, if you take this and put it up against a comparable proof whiskey, the amount of flavor in this mm-hmm. is like leaps and bounds over most whiskeys in the 90 to 100 proof range. Um, so I, I think that technique definitely uh, yield some good dividends. Um, it, it's, it is pretty well, apparent. Those cognac producers over there have been making brandy for a long time, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> it, chances are they probably know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. So. so, Jake, what are you... I'm glad you... Either, Jake, what are you guys getting all for nose palate out of the rye? So the the nose has definitely got some of that like mint and like floral uh, notes that are like typical of that 95.5 mash bill. Definitely Um, a lot of floral notes on the nose. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it's it's pretty um, remarkable how much is on the nose for for this proof point. Um, like typically I would expect a nose like this to be like over, well over a hundred proof. Um, so it's nice, especially right now during allergy season when I can actually smell it. 
And I mean, to me, the palette is, it is just like a more balanced, like lighter version of MGP's 95.5. Um, and you get a lot more fruity notes um, instead of like that deep, intense, like spice that hits you. So I think this would be an incredible rye for somebody who thinks they don't like rye or is just like trying Dan. to get into rye. Um, especially at, at the price point too, it's a $50 bottle. It's a beautiful looking bottle. Um, so any, and, and, and it's not like 80 proof. So, you know, rye connoisseurs, whiskey connoisseurs can kind of get into this too and still find some good flavor in it as well. Yeah. Now we noticed, we also noticed quite a bit of difference in the batch, right? I mean, we did the, yeah. I, the, the bottle that I brought with me for the event was batch eight. And you had bottles of batch two and three, and there was there was a pretty big difference in those. And I really enjoyed eight. I thought eight was a little bit more of those caramel vanilla notes to it. But I think universally, everybody in the audience kind of preferred batch two. Which was good, because that's the bottles that we had to sell. But yeah. <laughs> Right, right, right. Good for you. Yeah, but I mean, there were three right now. Um, yeah, we had I, we had all two and three. Yeah, I I remember all three of them were very distinctly, but I mean there were uh, there's subtle differences, but you can really tell that they were different though. You them. could tell. Yeah. There, yeah, they were different. I, I like that, the... you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I mean, there's something to be said for consistency, right? Make sure you buy the, you know, you want to buy this bottle six months from now. You know, you want the same thing, you know, but. Mm-hmm. I prefer, I actually like when little surprises like that, different little differences from batch to batch. Yeah. I, I wouldn't call any of them like so different that you think it was a completely different, you know, product. Um, but there's like sure, sure. little hints of like some flavors that are there in in one batch that might not be present in another or replaced by something else, you know, which is definitely cool. Um, especially if that's the type of product that you're, trying to put out (laughs) i guess that's the hard thing about blending too is because you're not you have you don't have really much control over the aging process of it or anything you're just trying to pick the best barrels that match your flavor profile and create something fairly consistent but it's going to have variations but to to keep putting out batches that are good and sell is is uh there's a trick to it there's just a challenge right it's not not so easy yeah. Well, so far so good. We're really happy with what Will's doing. So, and the 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 brand has been received really well, not only here in the Illinois market, but really all over the country. Wherever it's been released, you know, people seem to people seem to like it. You know, are you in every state right now, or are you still just in limited markets? No, no, we're we're not in every state, but we we have pretty wide distribution. I mean, okay. You know, we are from California to Texas to Florida to the Midwest, Colorado. You know, we're, we're, we have pretty – the New York, you know, the Northeast area. So we have pretty wide distribution. Not all 50 states, but pretty wide. Nice. Well, I'm working on – I got the uh, straight bourbon, which was double gold last year. Is that correct? The straight um, bourbon. On the straight bourbon. It's – um. I, I've never had, I think the only time I ever had Fox and Odin was at the Magnus Masterclass last year. Jake, I think okay. you busted out. Oh, I remember. That was last, that yeah, was yeah, last. Reese, Reese did that was one. Was that too. last July? 
That'd been last yeah. summer, fall, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Um, yeah, that was. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was that was like the first release of Fox yeah. and Odin. Yeah, that was my first ever time trying it. This is my second. Um, it's been fun because I had both the straight bourbon and I have the double oaked, which I'll let someone else talk about the double oaked. But it's nice to be able to have them side by side and compare. But it's um, it's got kind of like that baking spice and a little bit of caramel on it. It's it's I it's hard to pick up barrel notes when you're sniffing that and then trying to do the double oak right beside of it, which you get so much barrel notes on the nose of the double oak uh, that it's hard to tell what comes through. Um, what, what's like the biggest differences for you with the straight bourbon versus the double oak since you're tasting them side by side? You know, it's I, I like them both. Um, I think the double oak almost adds too much oakiness and takes away from some of the spirit. Um and I think it's got some really good. That's a distiller talking. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, I'm, I'm getting. It's funny because I'm going. The more I've been working there, the more and more <laughs> I'm appreciating the actual spirit flavor and and hating some of the oaky notes out of it anymore. Not hating, but preferring more of the. This just that it's almost got. It's yeah, the weird. distillate. Yeah, it's on the palate. It almost. There's a small part of it that almost reminds me a little bit of a single malt, which is weird because there's not much malt in it. See, I kind of thought that on the You know, it's funny. Bourbon. That's that's what I'm drinking is a straight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's for for if people are watching, here's straight and then you can see the double oaks. You can see a pretty big color that's difference hopefully. Like twice as dark. Yeah. Um a little bit of the 6 to 9. <laughs> I uh, a little bit of marshmallow on the finish. Um, so a little bit, some of that barrel lactone, um, but overall it's showing off. <laughs> sorry, I told you. Sorry, some of us are trying to learn. <laughs> some of us are trying to learn. Um, for what? Same thing. Ninety nine proof on this. It it has really good flavor on it. I, I we've we've talked about it at nauseum on the podcast. We're all pretty much barrel proof guys, or or like the one ten one twenty proofs. This has. A lot of good flavor. The finish sits there a little bit. It's not overpowering, but it it's it's nice. It just kind of lingers for a little bit and then slowly fades away. Um, a little bit. Yeah, I'm not getting too much of the fruit notes on this, but it, it's just more kind of of the kind of kind of has some of the characters. It's like a dry red wine. Some of the leather on it. Um, it's not. I mean, it's, it's, I, I like it through and through. It's pretty good. So to me, these all have like the flavor that a barrel proof has without the burn. Yeah. So I think I think these are really good uh, whiskeys for people that are like us and like the barrel proof stuff. But, you know, you always need to have something in that hunter proof range um, just for when you're feeling something lighter. And I think that all goes back to the cognac style blending um, cause I get the same thing on dancing goat whiskey and they do the same thing that slowly adding the water over a couple of months to get you're that. flavoring the water, right? Yeah. You're flavoring yeah. the water in the right. barrel, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you always, in the whiskeys I've tried that do that method, um, you always get a more balanced, but full flavor whiskey, um, versus like their cash strength. So I'm interested in tasting Fox note and cash strength at some point just to see, um, if I can 
You and me both. Reason, but yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. As soon as you get it, you know where to go. <laughs> you and me both. Just um, text Will. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, I mean, go ahead and I'm talk sorry, ahead, about Jake. the the double oak since you're drinking it too. Um, like, what's the um, like? How would you uh, compare it to the the regular bourbon? You're trying to me drink all night. I like. Oh, Dan. Either one. Oh, go well, ahead, Jake. yeah, either one. Go ahead, Dan. No, you go ahead, Jake. I mean, I think I, I kind of already said, like, I just think it's really, it's really creamy. It's really balanced, but you get a ton of that rich vanilla flavor, um, a ton of that caramel, but it's not as sweet as some other whiskeys. Um, it's just kind of, it's like just mellow and, uh, typically with like hunter proof whiskeys it the flavor hits you and then it just goes away. But this one, the finish actually sits there for a little bit as well. And then you get kind of a little bit of spice that kicks in after like 20 or 30 seconds. Um, after all the sweet notes kind of go away. Yeah. yeah it, uh, I get, uh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was just going to say, I get like caramel covered cherry. You know, when I, when I drink this, like if we could take a cherry and cover it in caramel, yeah, that's kind of what I, that's, that's really kind of what there. my flavor, what my taste buds tell me when I drink this. And I do think it has a nice soft kind of just overall feel to it. You know, when I first tried it, I was, when I, I mentioned this at the class last week, when I first tried it, I remember telling my boss right away, like, this is going to be the driver. You know, this is, this is going to. This the flavor profile and the mouthfeel and everything is gonna, you know, be a satisfying pour for the bourbon drinker out there, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, "Can we get more? You know, <laughs> can can we get more cases in the market, please? You know." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is the one that I think is gonna be uh, the one that's gonna be in demand most right off the bat, you know. And I've also not to jump off the bottle that we're talking about, but. Recently, I've gotten a lot of really positive feedback on the single malt, which is really nice to hear, you know, really nice to hear. Yeah, I was really impressed with the single malt. It's very good. Are you using similar sources for the single malt or are you sourcing that somewhere completely different? The single malt is also coming from Middle West. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Reese, that's that's kind of yeah. a good segue. What What's like your... What do you see with American single malts? Any opinions on that category as a whole? Because I do think the Fox and Odin single I've, malt is really good. I think good it's, at, yeah. And a lot of, a I lot think of it's pretty much are coming out with one. Well, so when I was working at the distributor, we represented a couple of smaller distilleries um, that were making American single malts, right? And one of them in particular, I'm not going to mention names, but there was one that I was a huge fan of. I thought it was excellent, you know? Um, and I think largely a lot of people in the whiskey, American whiskey world have said, you know, eventually this is going to be a real category. You know what I mean? Like this is going to happen, you know, I don't know, five years from now, 10 years from now, but it's going to happen. Right. Well, that was five years ago and it still hasn't really <laughs> happened. Right. You it's know, like the rum so, thing. Right, right. I'm gonna take but off. when I've been waiting thirty when years. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you lived in Florida, man, rum's been the <laughs> spirit of choice down there forever. So, anyway, 
when I saw, you know, larger producers starting to make, you know, the Woodford came out, Jack Daniels, and when you see brands like this releasing single malts, you know, you, I have to think that this is eventually going to be an important category in the, in the whiskey world. And uh, I think it was a very wise decision for Craftco to get to 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 try to tackle this right off the bat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, uh, I like what we're doing. I think it's really, I think it's, I think it suits the American palate. You know, it's a sweet, creamy, you know, like almost like a, like a sweet oatmeal cereal. It was what I, you know, kind of, that's what it reminds me of when I drink it. Um, I think it suits the American palate, you know? And, uh, again, I, I think the brand really hit a home run and, and I think we have a winner in that category with this, with this, uh, bottle. It's just a matter of time, I suppose, is when maybe when today's 28-year-old bourbon drinker becomes the 38-year-old scotch drinker, you know, or something, you know. I don't, you know, people tend to graduate to a less sweet spirit, you know, even though I'm backwards because I drank more scotch when I was 30 and I'm 52 now and I drink more bourbon. So it's kind of <laughs> reverse course. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, really happy with our single malt. I think... Uh, I think it will I think it will gain some some fans and some some consistent followers. Yeah, I, I just I want American single malt to do well just so we can stop talking about Scotch and Irish people like America. <laughs> Let's do our own thing. Damn, Dan. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a category that uh you know, right now it doesn't really have a lot of respect with a lot of, especially the today's bourbon drinker. Um, but I think you're right. I think 10 years from now when people start to realize they want something a little less sweet, um, little change of pace, they're going to kind of gravitate towards another American spirit and the American single malt. And I hope they do because there's a lot of really good products out there. Um, and I definitely would say the Fox Noden is up there in my top favorites. Yeah, I think there's a lot of misconception about American single malts that I think a mm-hmm. lot of people believe that it's peated or something, um, you know, and that's kind of off putting to a lot of people, especially bourbon yeah. drinkers who are looking for that sweet yeah. spirit. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, once I think people realize that, you know, it's actually pretty comparable in like sweet sweetness and, um, uh, you know, like drinkability to a lot of bourbons, I think people will start to realize that it's actually, you know, much more in our wheelhouse as, you know, bourbon lovers. Yeah, than for sure. A lot of people think, you know. Listen, when I drank Scott, when I was more of a Scotch drinker, I was an Isla drinker. You know what I mean? Like I wanted Ardbeg, you know, mm-hmm. but you can't really session that. You know what I mean? That's like, you can't have three pours. It's just not really... You know, it's like a one and done type of deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. But our single malt, you can session our single malt. You know, you can you can have a couple of those. So, yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest thing that I hear from customers is anytime I try to talk to them about single malt, 99% of people are like, oh, I don't like scotch. I don't like peat. I'm like, well, there's no peat in American single malt. Yeah. So just try it. And then once they mm-hmm. try it, yeah, they realize it's completely different than scotch. So, Sounds like yeah, you need some like I said, malt. I've been getting. Sounds like you need some. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Master classes coming up, Jake. We do, man, and we have a couple really good ones. <laughs> um, they're also 
like scotch single malts not american single malts but um most of them are unpeated so if you do like single malt then you do want to branch out um we have uh may 9th and june 14th we have uh filey bay and uh torbeg which is a new isle of sky uh distillery um we have distillers coming from those distilleries so definitely check out our upcoming events with those uh those would be great events you're welcome for the softball lob thank you thank you (laughs) Mm -hmm. i think i just knocked it out of the park i even (laughs) got the dates right off the top of my head (laughs) nice um so yeah any uh closing thoughts that you want to get out there reese closing thoughts um i think that everybody on this call and everybody you know should go buy four bottles of fox and odin from jake <laughs> over at gold you. eagle <laughs> no I, I honestly my my thoughts are i just want to really thank jake thank so jake has been a great partner of ours ever since i started with blue ridge spirits you know he's supported our portfolio not only with Craftco, but with our scotch portion of the portfolio as well and uh I really want to thank Jake for that, man. He's he's been a great great partner in the market. I mean, it's it's really hard sometimes, guys, when there's so much competition out there, right? You walk the aisles nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. And it's endless, right? How many brands there are about basically in every category, even even like I mean, the gin market right now. Walk the gin aisle, and there's 75 different gins out there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's so much competition. It's fast and furious. And it really takes good partnerships in in the retail world and in the on-premise world to get your brands to get a little bit of a foothold in the market. And and just a little bit of exposure goes a long way. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a big help how Jake has gotten behind our brands. So uh, really just a big thank you to, to gold Eagle, man. It's been fantastic. So we're gonna I, mean, keep I, don't it going. wanna, I don't want to turn this into a whole sentimental uh, thing here, but uh, when we when we when we taste, so we're very picky with products that we bring in and what we decide to partner with and push. And uh, I mean, this this whole product line is legit, and that was very apparent very quickly uh, upon tasting the Coppercraft, Magnus, and Fox Noden line. Um, and then to have someone like Reese and like Brian backing the brand, uh, you know, there for us when we want to do events, when we want to do tastings. Um, it's almost like a perfect partnership, perfect marriage. Um, so we couldn't be happier to, you know, create this good relationship with this whole product line and uh, really looking forward to where we're going to take it with future events and uh, as, you know, new SKUs come out um, and as the products kind of evolve. So, And I want to say Thank you to, to Jake R. I don't know your last name, Jake R. Don't try. But thanks for attending. <laughs> thanks for attending the event, man. It was great. And Dan, congratulations on Whiskey Acres out there in DeKalb, man. I know those people very well. And uh, like I said earlier, man, I think you really have hooked up with, with a good crew of people out there, man. And, you know, what from what they're doing out there with, from their, with their farm, you know, the seed to bottle type of deal, there's not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot of distilleries out there that do that, man. So really a unique situation you're in out there. And I wish you yeah. luck with that. Yeah. I think there's some big things that are going to be coming down the road out of there. So yeah. Good to get hooked up with them. 
Um, See, I, I real quick, I just want to mention that, um, you know, I, uh, I really, number one, I really enjoyed the, the class last week. It was awesome. Um, it was great to get to try all these different um, expressions uh, from Fox and Odin and Coppercraft. Um, and like, frankly, like, you know, there, like you said, there is so much competition um, and getting to do these master classes uh, really lets me try a whole bunch of different things and really pick which ones are like, you know, above and beyond and, and worth the, uh, the, the purchase, you know? Um, so that's sure, it's, sure. It's a great service that gold Eagles providing to people <laughs> being able to try these things and, uh, you know, a, a fairly accessible environment, you know, so that it's, it's great. Cause otherwise like there's some stuff that like, I probably never would have even considered, you know, if I didn't get to sit there and taste them all, you know, Jake, we're going to need to get you a no, wide angle lens for your head to fit in the podcast. <laughs> Dan, I could see you just, I could see you just burning up during all those plugs. <laughs> His head was about to explode. Gold Eagle's getting plugged too much tonight. No, no. What, what I would like to I'm say is, since we're talking about Gold Eagle, Jake, would you like to deliver a Gold Eagle plug? I think we already kind of have, but I mean, if you I set you us, up perfectly with you the did. deliver a gold eagle. If, plug. if you haven't followed us already, Instagram, gold eagle wine, Facebook, gold eagle spirits. Um, you know, you you all probably know us by now, but we're we're big in customer service. We're big in barrel picks and just kind of providing a more educational experience than most stores would do. Who uh, you know are just kind of out there to sell. But that's our number one thing is educating the consumer, connecting with the consumer. Um, so that's my gold eagle plug. Thank you, Dan. The, hey, I'd like to say something about nothing yes. about delivering that. <laughs> keep special keep talking about gold eagle, Reese. <laughs> All I wanted to say about Gold Eagle was when we were, did the class, I remember Jake saying something about, oh, yeah, and Reese is going to be here two Thursdays from now. We're going to taste through some Coppercraft barrels and pick a barrel. But I'm showing up with about 200 milliliters of four different barrels. So if, like, more than two people show up, we're screwed. All right, man? So. <laughs> So, uh, no, not all 40 people are not invited, man. Well, you didn't say a time. You just kind of said whenever, if they happen to be Oh, there. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's good, good point. Good point. I don't, I don't think most of them will remember, and this episode's going to air after tomorrow. So it doesn't matter. Jake, did you get all my right. plug there? Because it seems like Gold Eagle Jake didn't get my plug that I was trying to push. No, I was picking up. Say it again, Dan. I said, do you want to deliver your plug? I, I got an email it. today about Gold Eagle delivering things. Oh, we do deliver. Yeah. Did you did you get an email? Some of those are automated and uh yeah, I, I hadn't I even I seen didn't know that I know you yet. guys were talking about getting to it. I didn't know you guys were already doing it now. Oh, we've been delivering for about six months now. Yeah. Not not Oh shipping, shipping, shipping. Yeah, no, shipping shipping That's... very soon. Shipping very yeah. soon. See, Dan um, doesn't honestly, even read the emails. Just don't no, ignore him. Uh-uh. Deliver and shipping are the same thing. <laughs> no, it's not. Delivering is through DoorDash, and it's within 15 miles. Shipping will allow us to ship to certain states. But I will say the holdup is the headache with getting approved for every all these different things and 
making sure we're doing everything legally and the different states all have different laws. So it's a, it's kind of a headache looking in all that. But as soon as we can figure that out, we will start to ship to certain markets um, and then expand from there. Nice. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to awesome. plug Reese? No, buy, buy, buy Coppercraft and Fox and Odin and Joseph Magnus. <laughs> buy them from Jake at Gold Eagle. Gold Eagle. <laughs> yeah, we, we should have a, a Coppercraft episode too, soon too, because uh, those were excellent as well. Yeah, that's, it's a, that's a brand that... Uh, that's the most underrated American whiskey on our shelf, hands down. I agree. Jake, you want to you want to do our plugs then? Because I want to do any other talking. Now. Yeah, since you <laughs> didn't do anything, I guess I'll I'll wrap it up with the rest of the work. So uh, you can listen to us on Spotify. Uh, you can also watch us on Spotify, um, as well as listen on any other podcast platform. You can watch us on YouTube, um, and uh, you can follow us at Bourbon Matters on Instagram, and find us on Facebook at Bourbon Matters. Um, our website, bourbonmatterspodcast.com, and email us at bourbonmatters at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, Reese, thanks so much for taking some time out to yeah, join thank us you, tonight. Reese. Yep. Thank you. No problem, guys. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was a great time. Of course. Right. And plus, I got to have a drink or two. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. One's, cheers. One's, like, one's gone, the other one's almost there. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Okay. Cheers, everyone. All right. Well, thank cheers, you, guys. Cheers. We'll see you next time. Yeah, thank yep. you, Reese.